Disclaimer, this episode is in no way recommending or advocating for any sort of medical options. Both myself and Tony are not medical doctors and advocate no sort of anything, uh, just so everyone knows. Again, legal disclaimer, we are not doctors and we don't recommend any sort of treatments uh, if you want to do a treatment, I would recommend going to your own doctor and trying to figure it out. Okay, thank you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Double Thought Dimension. I'm your host, Eric. Today we're joined by... Me! That's Tony, obviously. Uh, it's been a while, again. It's been a while since our last episode, since our last installment, our last periodical. About a month. But that's, you know, that's life. And uh, here we are. We're still alive. We're still making it. Um, obviously, we don't have ultimate amounts of time to just produce podcasts every day. And uh, many things in life have presented themselves to us recently, which has caused us to think about other things other than conspiracy theories and whatnot. So <laughs> have we done an episode since I found out or no? No. I don't think so, no. Well, okay, so, valuable listeners, uh, the three of you that are listening, <laughs> um, we just found out that my cancer is back, so that's why we've been gone. We've been dealing with the upheaval of that fun roller coaster, so I hope you will forgive us and realize how important life is, and that's why we talk about the things we talk about, because we want to wake you up. Uh, you know, but you don't have to be, if you're not awake to what's happening in the world now, um, then that's on you. And you probably wouldn't be listening to us if you weren't, though. So. Right. You know? Yeah, so this, today's episode is going to be about, um, I'm entitling the episode The F Word. Uh, there's a new thing on the market. Actually, it's not new at all. It's old. Uh, and it's it's not actually even new to cancer, but it's become a trend recently on TikTok. But it's we... become a trend on TikTok. The internet is kind of blowing up about it. I knew about this in terms of cancer anyway. I knew about this about a year ago or so. Um, I bought all the stuff to do it and try it, but I panicked and didn't do it. This time, though, I'm going all natural, if you can call this natural. I'm, I'm not doing Western medicine. How about that? I'm not doing Western medicine this time. No chemo, no radiation. Right. So I'm trying to fix things alternatively. So that's why he's calling this the F word, because they'll probably pull it off the market, too, because now they know people are using it for cancer, and it's actually working for quite a few people out there in the world. Yeah, the F is finbendazole. That's the prime ingredient in... A certain canine dewormer. Uh, the medication is primarily used for dogs to deworm dogs. It's been found to show signs of killing cancer cells. Uh, and that's been known for quite a while. But before we get into all that, you know, I've got a whole episode on that. But I just wanted to talk about this for a second. 
because I thought about this the other day and I didn't have enough time to make an, another episode or anything, but I just wanted to put it out there before I forgot about it and before we, whatever. But, um, so that whole thing with Facebook recently, there's a whistleblower, she's on 60 Minutes whistleblowing this and that, and uh, then Facebook goes dark for however many hours, I think it was on Monday that that happened? Yeah, I think so. Then what's-her-face, you know, the lady, the whistleblower, testifies before Congress, and it's a big old thing. It's it's like, oh, no, Facebook's doing this or that. My Here's my theory. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has made the same theory. I, ha- I haven't listened to No Agenda this week, and I haven't listened to any other podcasts in about two weeks. So I don't know what what anyone else is saying or thinking, but this is purely my own thoughts. And me and Tony kind of came to this conclusion ourselves. It seems like this whistleblower is, uh, it's all a, a trick because she's blowing a whistle on Facebook saying that Facebook is not aggressive enough in combating misinformation and hate speech, which... Okay. Is that really a whistle being blown there? Really? I mean, she's not saying anything we didn't already fucking know. And there was really no information truly divulged to us. Really. Yeah, nothing to, I mean, whatever. Um, and then Facebook goes dark and then whatever. So I, what? here's my idea of what I think is happening. The whole thing is a trick to... Make it seem like Facebook is bad. Facebook can be the scapegoat right now. And they're going to say the internet is too scary. The internet's too dangerous. Uh, you can just say anything you want on the internet and there's no repercussions. How, how, how are you supposed to know if you're being misinformed or, or if you're, um, listening or viewing, uh, untrue content? So they're using all this whole trial and this uh, all these documents to show that Facebook isn't doing enough. So what my what my guess is is that within the next couple weeks or maybe within the next year, I don't know when, but they're going to completely bring the internet down altogether because the internet is just too scary for the humans to use because we just don't know what's right and what's wrong and it's just too much so they're gonna take it down and then the only way that they'll let it come back up is they'll say the only way you can use the internet now is is if you are vaccinated and you have uh, proof of it and you're gonna have to use your smartphone to sign in to some sort of app to verify your vaccination status. And then if you do that, you can log onto the internet. But then when the internet comes back on, it's going to be a Chinese style internet with firewalls. You know, there'll only be approved sources of information and everything we know about the internet will be, will be gone. Uh, There'll be no more alternative sources of info. Um, The only news you'll be able to get will be, uh, you know, NPR, CNN, Fox News, whatever, and the only, uh, everything will only be approved, and I think that this whole whistleblower and this whole uh, charade 
is possibly just a psychological operation to usher in that possible scenario in the future. Right, so fake a whistleblowing, essentially. So she's a fake whistleblower to to get people worked up again. Like, oh, yeah, our internet's just unsafe and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Because um, she, what was she? She was doing something with um, with the misinformation or whatever because supposedly she lost a friend to misinformation oh, yeah. or whatever. Um, which, so she, what? took, she took the job with Facebook because she um, wanted to fight misinformation because she had lost a friend to internet conspiracy theories and she didn't want to see what happened to her friend uh, happen to other people okay what does that mean uh, she lost a friend did the friend die i mean wh- where is this friend or maybe this friend is just uh isn't her friend anymore because they found out a bunch of uh or maybe truths. this friend is make-believe oh maybe yeah or too. maybe this friend isn't a friend uh, this friend doesn't really exist because she's actually an actress who's been hired to fake this whistleblowing because they even aired it on like major shit, like you know, on sixty minutes and stuff. Like Yeah, you're tell you're telling me Mark Zuckerberg and the apparatus of Facebook uh doesn't know that a whistleblower is gonna appear in sixty minutes and that somehow the story gets through. Uh, my ass is what is all I have to say. Mm-hmm. No- nothing gets through ever. And he's got a nice ass, guys. <laughs> so Nothing gets through the mainstream unless they want it to go through. It doesn't just slip right through. Uh, <laughs> nothing gets on 60 Minutes just, oh, shit, we did some investigative, investigative journalism and we're breaking a story. No. Uh, only things they want to be on there gets on there. They don't just organically happen without the knowledge of Facebook, the biggest fucking tech company on earth besides Google. Um, so that, to me, that, that means that it's an organized scenario to, for a reason to, to make us feel a certain way, to get a, to get us, meaning the population of the world to do something, but that's all hearsay. I'm just, that's a guess, total guess. And I don't know if other people besides me have uh, already commented on this info. You know, we're, we're pretty much out of the loop at this point. Um, I'm laid off from work right now. Tony's here. We're just doing uh, um, finbendazole and trying to eat, eat healthily and, you know, just uh, do everything we can so that Tony's cancer goes away. Um, so that's where that's where we're at right now, and that's my thoughts on that scenario with the Facebook whistleblowing. I just wanted to put it out there uh, so it would be on the record that I said that and if it does come to fruition um at least there was one person who uh theorized it first and that was me (laughs) but who knows okay also before we get into the next uh before we get into the meat of this whole thing i just wanted to thank everyone listening right now you guys are awesome uh chelsea izzy um whoever else Lori. Um, uh, Adam probably will listen, uh, possibly a couple others. Yeah, a couple other people we probably know, <laughs> and then apparently some people we don't know. Oh yeah, uh, someone so. from from Australia came to the website, and a few others, uh, someone from the UK, I don't know if it, you know, I only know of one person in the UK who could possibly know about us, and that's Mark Devlin, because I did an episode on the, the hidden hand of the music industry. So it's possible that Mark Devlin is listening. 
Uh, he's the one that wrote Musical Truth. If you're listening, thank you for listening. You're awesome. Your books are great. I enjoyed them. Hence the reason of doing the episodes about them. Uh, but if you are the one listening from the UK, right on. Uh, good day, mate. Or is that is that? A, good day, mate. I don't know. No, that's Australian. That's not a English. Well, I don't know what. Good good day, good sir. Is that yeah. no? I don't know. I don't know. How do you talk? Cheers, mate. No, that doesn't sound right. I either. don't know. Either way, thank thanks thanks again. Scumps. I don't know. <laughs> thanks again for everyone who's listening, who who is uh donated or anything to our cause it's greatly appreciated uh dean reiner from the up is down podcast adam alano from deborah gets red pilled and any others who are actively trying to at least listen to our bullshit thanks again and uh yeah okay into the meat of the meat of the business here so the f word finbendazole finbendazole is a canine dewormer which that's it's, it's 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 that's what it is. It's yeah, that's his primary purpose. It's to deworm, deparasite, whatever. Dogs, dogs, canines. Yeah, and it it's been in use for like sixty years or something like that. A long ass time. It went through uh, clinical trials a long time ago. So it's a um, for dogs. For dogs, yeah. But they did uh, human trials, I believe. They did uh, one like limited study. Um, now, after Joe Tippins, no, originally they um, did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Are uh, you sure? Because there is a human version of it called Mubendazole or Menbendazole or something like that. Yeah, I believe as a part of the initial um, patent or whatever, when they first got approved back in the day, mm-hmm. it went through human trials. Okay, I well, could be wrong, but uh, either way, it's been on the market for a long ass time. So long that it's a it's an off 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 patent drug so it's it's so like, it like uh, generic versions made of it and yeah. a lot of people sell it under different names even though it's the same shit right um and whatnot but but we we heard about this through joe tippins who he started a blog called my cancer story dot rocks which is all about his he had small cell lung disease lung small, cancer small cell Okay, small cell lung carcinoma or something like that. Yeah, just a down a, a bad form of um, lung cancer, and he was terminal. He was given three months to live from his doctors after it spread to his bones and all over his body. Um, so when it came down to it, he uh, his options were die basically or try something else. Or go on hospice, you know, whatever people who have three months to live, whatever you do with that information. But he had a friend who was a veterinarian, and this veterinarian said, um, you know, have you ever heard of finbendazole? Because it's, uh, they did... Um... So that lady, that veterinarian, so she was part of like animal studies or something with mice, and it ended up that... All the mice in the lab came down with parasites, so they couldn't do their studies yet. So they're like, oh, we'll treat them with this shit, whatever. Um, it turned out that, like, none of the cancer that they were injecting in these mice after the fact would grow cancer. And they're like, well, what the hell? So they you know, kept testing. Well, it turned out that all the mice that had the fenbenzol, the cancer wouldn't grow in there. Or once they had cancer, um, it would it would get rid of it. 
So anyway, this veterinarian ended up finding out sometime later that she had, I believe it was stage four glioblastoma. I believe it was brain cancer. Um, so she's like, what the hell? I'm just going to try it. So she tries it. She doesn't really tell anybody about it. Well, then Joe, who's her friend or whatever, you know, he finds out about his stage four or whatever. And they basically send him home to die, figure out his affairs and everything. And she said, just try it, you know. So that's what he did. He just tried it. He took one gram, which is about one of the small packets a day for three days and then four days off. Um, and then he also took a vitamin E um, by Gamma Life or something like that. And then a theracumin, curcumin pill and CBD oil. Which that's been dubbed the Joe Tippins protocol at this point. Right. So now since then, numerous people have done this and have been successful. I found actually, maybe while Derek's talking here, or maybe even right now, I can find the list of all the different types of cancer that have been cured by it. Um, and the reason I really wanted to try it, because my cancer is, is fairly rare, is pretty rare. Um, Tony's cancer is called myxoid liposarcoma. Yep, and sarcomas in general are just, they're rare. Sarcomas are, account for about 1% of all cancers ever. And then it gets further broken down into subcategories, which mine, myxoid liposarcoma, is a, it is just that. It's a, it's like an offshoot of it, you know as a subcategory of it. Um, so there's about, between they estimate between 75 and 100 different subtypes of sarcoma. So break that down, 1% of the whole world is diagnosed with sarcomas, 1%, and then break that down even further into subcategories. There's just very few of us. Um, and anyway, on this list, uh, right here, um, Ewing sarcoma, which is, realistically is worse than mine, was cured stage four Ewing sarcoma typically goes to like, uh, like bone and whatnot. But, um, this person was terminal. So it was within their bone, their spine, um, you know, probably all over at this point. Um, and they cured stage four Ewing sarcoma in about, uh, in about 14 weeks. So yeah, uh, I just, I felt like I just really had to give this a shot. So I told my doctors last time I wanted a month to just do this and nothing else and come back and see if anything's happening, if nothing's happening, if it's worse, if it's better, whatever. Um, and if it's not, then we'll, we'll figure out plan B, C, D, and F and whatever, but I'm not going to do chemo again. But yeah, so here's, I'll just read the list. Are you okay with me reading the list? Let's go for it. Yep. So here's the list of different types of cancers thus far. Um, this is just one website. This isn't like all of them. This is just, um, kind of a compare comprised list um, on a website that I found. It said seven patients with terminal pancreatic cancer, which is probably one of the worst types of cancer to have because you can't live without your pancreas. You can live without some of it, but you can't live without all of it. So they can't remove it if it's in there. Um, it says five of the seven saw their tumors reduced and held at bay without total elimination, which allowed them to live a normal life long after they were supposed to die. Two actually experienced total remission, which means, so NED means no evidence of disease. Um, so they don't really say remission typically in cancers anymore. Um, and one after one after seven months and the other after four months. So those two that were cured, one took seven months, one took four months. Um, three patients with terminal colorectal cancer. Um, two were cancer-free after about four months and one saw 90% reduction after three months. Uh, two cases of metas 
metastatic uh, prostate cancer, one with bone metastasis was cancer-free after four months, and the other who had stomach and liver metastasis was declared NED after three months. Another patient was small cell lung cancer, so just like Joe, a widespread metastasis became cancer-free, esophageal cancer with liver metastasis. This person treated himself with higher doses for the first three weeks and then went to the recommended one gram a day, um, but did it for seven days. They became cancer-free. Two patients with widespread metastasis of terminal melanoma, which I think that's skin cancer. Yeah, melanoma skin yeah. cancer. Uh, one took seven months, the other eight months, both cancer-free. Terminal Ewing sarcoma with brain and spine metastasis. Started doing fenbendazole nine days in a row, then alternated with three days on, four days off. For 14 weeks, now cancer-free. Triple negative breast cancer spread to lung, lymph nodes, and brain. A brain MRI taken after 10 weeks on the protocol was 100% clear. The other metastasis had shrunk significantly, significantly at that point. Adenocarcinoma of the lung after 14 weeks, no evidence of disease. Terminal adrenocortical carcinoma spread to the liver, cancer-free after 14 weeks, and many others. But those are just some of the main ones. So, so basically, pretty awesome. Fenbendazole is showing some sort of signs of being cancer-fighting. The reason that we're interested in it is because during this second, uh, you know, because before Tony's cancer had not metastasized, um, she had a tumor uh, in a couple spots, and then she had surgery, she had a lot of chemo, she had a lot of uh, radiation, and all of it went away, basically. But now she had some scans, and, and it now it's in her liver and in the glute, uh, which it wasn't there before. So, well, it was, but it wasn't. Last time I went through my pelvic notch, so between extended from my abdomen, through my pelvic notch, and into my glute, essentially. So this time there is one in my glute, but it's like in a different area. Like it's not attached to anything. It's like free floating in my, in between my muscles. Yeah. Um, and then the one on my liver is just under the membrane, um, like on the upper side of my liver. Um, Which so. the recommendation from the oncologist was... Three forms of harsh ass chemo. That was their what they they recommended. Three forms of yeah. They didn't give me any radiation options, no surgical options, no trial options. They gave me three separate chemos. The first one they said I'd have to be monitored extremely closely because it would deteriorate my heart. The second one they said would deteriorate my liver. Which I'm sorry, what? Like it's on her liver. It's on my liver. Don't we like not want to do that? <laughs> um. And the third one, they said they really didn't think Whirly would work, but was an option for me. Which, to me, why even have that as an option? And I remember asking um, before, um, you know, I got my one clear scan before that. I said, well, if it comes back, can I try the chemo that I did before? Because it worked for me and it wasn't as harsh as some. And they said, I don't see why not. So why wasn't that even an option for me? I don't know. I'm not in their brain. I don't understand it. But if chemo worked, wouldn't it, you know, wouldn't I not be in this spot again? Maybe? Yeah, she know. did like 10 rounds of chemo or 12 rounds of chemo, which is quite a bit. Each round is like puts you down for 30 weeks, roughly, uh, as far as your immune system and your body goes. She did that 12 times, which is, uh, it's intense on your body. And their, on, their only answer they ever have 
at the hospital is chemo or radiation or surgery. Yep, they don't talk to you about exercise. They don't talk to you about eating, right? They don't talk to you about mental health. They don't talk to you about any of that. It's just, here you go. This is what we do. Which one do you want to do? So this time, I didn't want to be scared into a decision. I wanted to do what I knew was right for myself. Whether this works or not, the Western medicine route is not the way to go about it. Like, I I, I just can't. I, for me, I should say. That might not be that it's not right for you. It's not right for me. I've never believed in doing that. I made decisions last time based on fear and, and ignorance. Honestly, I just didn't know because I've never, I had never had cancer before. Uh, now that I've done a lot of it and I've done a lot of research, that's just not the way I want to go about it. And if these are my last days, I definitely don't want to go about it living it on chemo, for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a downer. Um, I wanted to say this. Uh, when Joe Tippins was dealing with his oncologist at the time, um, his oncologist told him that uh, fenbendazole, which is a class in a class of drugs called anthelmintic, anthelmintic drugs, that they have shown signs of fighting cancer in the 80s and 90s, but it's just so far off of patent that it wouldn't benefit any company to invest billions um, into repurposing the drugs for cancer um, because then a generic drug manufacturer could just copy them the next day for a much cheaper market price. So to in order to reclass finbendazole for humans and to fight cancer, they would have to completely go through the clinical trials, human clinical trials again. And, you know, it would be a shitload of money that they would have to invest, but the they wouldn't be getting a very good return on profit because finbendazole is off patent and it's easy to make. There's like no proprietary shit that would make it uh, worthwhile for, for them. So that's really why it's not being pursued or hasn't been pursued in the past. It, it is being pursued somewhat now. There's a few studies out there and a few clinical yeah, trials. There's, there's one at Johns Hopkins, I believe, going on right now. And I can't remember if it's MSK or MD Anderson. MD Anderson. Is it? Okay. That are doing um, trials on it right now, which I'm not sure how I feel about it. Because if they if it works and whatever, either it'll get shut down and they'll pull it from the market I just don't know what's going to happen. It doesn't sound good is what I'm saying uh, in terms of people who want to use it for cancer because odds are it'll end up getting pulled from the market at some point because they did it They did it already once with mebendazole because men, or I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the human version, mebendazole or whatever, used to be sold for like $1.60 a box. Um, it was a human dewormer and parasitic, you know, got rid of parasites and whatever, um, but people caught wind of people using it for cancer and it working. So they pulled it from the market for like five years and then repriced it. So instead of a box, which could last you a while, being like, you know, how, however much, like five bucks, I suppose, for a multi-pack. And then instead, two pills were $515 when they when they came back. Um, I have a feeling something like that is likely about to happen. Yeah, and there uh, is word on Joe Tippin's website or on his blog that there's going to be some news released about finbendazole this month. And I don't know what exactly the news is, but maybe it's something to do with uh, one of the manufacturers repurposing it or trying to, or who knows what. But that's the reason why I wanted to do this episode, because finbendazole right now is just a canine dewormer. And 
just in one year since we first heard about it, it's it's blown up. It's doubled in price. Doubled in not only is it doubled in price, the shor- but the, the, but the information. But the information has blown up about it too. Yeah. Because it, that's why I didn't start a year and a half ago because it really it was just this guy's story. Um, when I researched it like a week ago after I got my news, he's been on the news since then. There's been multiple articles. Multiple people have done it now and have succeeded with it. Plus um, the little TikTok thing. Plus TikTok is now doing it and exposing it. Um, I do have people in a Fenbendazole Facebook group who have used it and said it didn't work for them. So it is not a cure-all. But who knows? I've only heard of a few people it not working for. And I don't know, like, were they taking supplements with it? What were they doing with it? How much were they taking? Were they taking it like they were supposed to? Were they taking less? Were they taking more? Did they try it once and say it didn't work? And, you know, who knows? Um, Because I'm not living their life. I don't know them. I can't speak for them. Um, But to me, it makes sense. So even if cancer, because some people believe cancer is literally caused by worms and or parasites, even if it's not literally caused by one or or a cancer is a a parasite or a uh, worm, it acts as one. What does cancer do? It literally invades the body and steals its fuel source. That is literally the definition of a parasite. So even if it is not one, it acts as one. So if there's something that could block the microtubules from absorbing the energy from its host, then theoretically it should die. And that's literally what fenbendazole says it does, is it blocks those microtubules from um, the parasite from getting uh, its fuel. Yeah, and uh, there's a study published in nature.com about fenbendazole which uh, I think is, I don't it's called something, I, I might be able to link to it in the show notes, but it's that thimbendazole acts as a moderate microtubule destabilizing agent and causes cancer cell death by modulating multiple cellular pathways. So um, she was also just saying, talking about how there's theories that cancer is actually um, just parasites and that, that the reason that you have pancreatic cancer, ovarian cancer, brain cancer, whatever type of cancer, is that really what you've got is an infestation of parasites that have taken over whatever type of organ that you that it's infested and has grown into a um, wayward tumor because, uh, I don't know why, but um, so th- that's what the, uh, there's other, theories about about that and they're not new there's they're old there's this uh, lady named uh holda clark she wrote a bunch of books in the 90s one of them being uh the truth about cancer and uh the cure for all cancers the cure for all diseases but her basic theory was that all cancers or all diseases really are boiled down to just two things, parasites and pollution. And that if you can find a way to get rid of the parasites, then you can cure any disease or any type of cancer. Uh, she was she was kind of um, controversial, but all alternative therapy doctors are controversial according to the American Medical Association because... They only believe one way of doing things, which is drugs. Um, well, it's not even just drugs. It's treat the symptom, not the cause. Uh, that's 
huge uh, with that's huge with doctors and, and hospitals. Anyway, this doctor, uh, well, she wasn't a doctor. She's a PhD and she was a biochemist or something, right? Was that what she was? Yeah, some sort of chemist. And uh, lots of people have tried to discredit her, and then they, you know, she died of cancer, and or at least supposedly, there's a lot of. They say she died of cancer. There's lots of uh, misinformation regarding her whole life story. Anyway, uh, regardless of that, I included her in this info because her protocol, the Holda Clark protocol is very similar to finbendazole because she recommends um, three taking three natural herbs, black walnut holes, wormwood, and cloves, which are anti-parasitic uh, herbs. Uh, and the whole point of this is to get rid of the parasites, which that's basically what finbendazole is doing, is getting rid of worms. So her idea was very similar to this fenbendazole and but she was just doing it with natural herbs as opposed to um chemical compound uh, via a drug but it's basically the same type of uh, protocol and this is not new information this this has been known about for a long ass time Mm -hmm. there's just no money there's no money in it as far as the medical um, community goes, because the drugs, well, first of all, the herbs themselves, you know, black walnut holes, wormwood and cloves, you can't make that into a marketable drug. Um, it's natural. Right, it's an money. herb. And think about it this way. <laughs> I, I watched a thing once that, you know, it, it went deeper than just money. Um, I, I, I watched a documentary once and it made a lot of sense to me. So I'll share it with you and take it for what it's worth. You don't have to believe it or whatever, but I just wanted to share it. The thing was saying like, um, it's not just about money. If, if they find the cure to cancer, which they, I believe they already have, but if they expose that, like, think of how many people will be out of jobs too, because there's how many people literally just dedicated to cancer research, cancer funding, cancer... I mean, American Cancer Society. Yeah, uh, I mean, so many people not only would be out of business, be out of jobs, be out of whatever. Um, and it'd just be chaos, essentially. Like, I don't think that they can afford, not just financially, but with everything else, like their agenda and everything, they can't afford to ever actually find it. Or, or at least publicly find it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I just thought that was really interesting because it wasn't just about the money. It was about the the way our system is structured with that and where that money goes and what they do with it and all these programs. There's programs for, like, you know, families with cancer and this and that. Like, it would all dissolve and be gone then. Um, like, what would that look like in society? There would be no more of that. So many buildings would be empty. People would be out of, you know, every, it would just... It'd be a domino effect, essentially. It's a... Um... Like, our, our society is actually... It goes more in depth. You'd have to watch the documentary. I gotta think of what it's called. But anyway, like, our society is almost dependent on having those... Everything. Those those programs and uh, and buildings and, and committee. Whatever you want to call that. I'm, I can't think of the word. Help me here. You're looking at me. Like I don't you know. know. That's why I can't think of the word either. I can't think of what the word is, but the whole thing, like the whole community of cancer 
it's literally like built into our structural of society actually like they went way more in depth in the documentary i don't know anyway that's my thought but i've been on it for three weeks yeah about three weeks almost three no i think monday will actually no will it be a month already so i started on the third of september 13th i started on the 13th so the 13th of October will be one month. I'll be on it. Um, and actually it was weird because remember the first time I took it within probably like, I don't know, like 40 minutes, I was like euphoric and had like so much energy. It was insane. Um, and so I was like, babe, can you just take one of these packs just to see what happens to you? And nothing happened to you, but you're also healthy. You don't have anything wrong with you, you know, supposedly, supposedly anyway, that we know of. Um, but I thought it was really interesting and I've kind of been that way ever since I've been sleeping really good. I've been getting up really early that's not me at all. Like, I'm a go-to-bed-extremely-late, long after everyone else has gone to bed because I can't fucking sleep. I'm not fucking comfortable. I stay in bed because I have zero fucking energy. Since I started taking this, that's not been the case at all. Like, I'm usually up before Derek now, which is extremely... Yeah, and our in our 11 years together, I don't think that's ever happened. I don't think I've ever gotten up before you just because I wanted to. Like, fuck that. No. Um, I very much love my bed and that's just weird. So, but you'll definitely be kept in on the loop on my journey anyway. So, so yeah, I mean, basically, oh, here's another thing I need to think about. Uh, can't is, need to stop saying basically, uh, can't say, um, so much. Um, oh, really? Um, yeah, there's so many of these words, uh, they're getting, uh, redundant and overused. Anyway, this is the cancer research and cancer fighting community benefiting off of people staying sick. Just like I, so you and I had this conversation the other day. Think about it from one cancer patient, just me as an example. I owe at least four hospitals right now, five. So LA, no, six. Two in LA. I owe the one in Chicago. I owe, wait, no, 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 that one was free because it was a trial thing. So I don't owe them. So five. So two in LA. The one I go to regularly. Uh, Big Mayo. Um, yeah, right? So that's five? Is that five? And, oh, yeah. And and the, the very first one that tried to kill me. Right. Like, so I owe that, like, five different hospitals right now. Just the one in LA is $66,000. That's just the one in LA, LA for my surgeries. That's not including any chemo, any anything. That was just my surgeries. That's after insurance. So the insurance yep. already paid their portion. Yep. So insurance already paid their portion. One hospital, I am indebted $66,000. And that's literally just the surgeries that I had out there. Nothing else. Um, so, and I've had uh, another surgery at a different hospital. Oh, that. Uh, plus I'm finding my cancer, all that, then all of my chemo, all of my radiation, all of my everything, my scans, um, everything at two other hospitals. So literally we basically owe a mortgage worth roughly in just medical bills in one lifetime. We could not physically pay that off if we continued, um, to like pay everything else in our life, like, like our actual mortgage and groceries and whatever. If if he, Derek just worked and we put every penny towards it in probably, I'd say, if we could do that every year without paying anything else to live, we could probably pay it off in like three years, maybe. 
if you worked every day, but we had zero everything else to pay, no food, yeah, no no mortgage, no gas, no electric, no car, no insurance, not nothing, we could maybe pay that off in like three years. Um, but if we work and do everything right, in three generations, we wouldn't be able to pay that off. Like I've calculated out the math, we wouldn't be like we won't be able to pay it off in our lifetime whilst living. Our kids won't be able to pay it off. And likely our grandkids won't be able to pay it off either because it's so much money. So we're literally indebted forever. So now we basically forever have, they have a steady stream of income essentially coming from, from us, just one, one person forever because I'm now indebted to them basically for my life and to she, keep going. She's just one person. That's just one cancer patient, just one. So think about that at some point. Yeah, so, I mean, is the goal of oncology to cure cancer or treat cancer? As far as I can tell, the goal of oncology is to treat cancer with things that are not going to actually work. They're only going to um, prop you along for a period of time to where you either give up with their system and go to um, alternative therapies or you die from their drugs, chemo, radiation, surgery. Uh, all the research that there is, is going into easy to fight cancers, breast cancer. Um, yeah, because my cancer, again, because we're 1% of the entire earthly population, there's no money in finding our cure. No. There's no money in it. It's, it's not beneficial to even study it. And even if they did study it, it's not, they're not, um, Who's going to pay? I mean, the a doctor gets paid a shitload. Where does the money come from? The All the money is coming from people being sick. You know, the more people with cancer, the more money the, that there is. Um, okay, but I will say this in, in somewhat of defense of doctors. They're just a pawn, too. Like, they probably mean very well. They probably want to help. At one time in at, their, early well, yeah, in their careers. Exactly. Yeah. At one point in time, they wanted help. Now they're probably burnt out and bitter, just like everybody else fucking is in this world. But anyway, my point is, they're taught what they're told to be taught. Just like us in grade school, we're taught to be told what we're taught. That's not uh, the teacher's fault. They have a curriculum they have to abide by because that's what the government is saying. This is what you need to be teaching them. This is what is approved. This is what is okay. Even though it's inaccurate... This is what you teach. Doctors and medical school are no different. There yeah. are obviously some people who do know, but there's nothing they can do about it. And what we've kind of come to uh, realize is that there is an underground of alternative uh, researchers and uh, cancer fighters out there, but they just exist under the radar. And they're allowed to exist because they're not infringing on the regular medical association per se there it's kind of like chiropractors chiropractors are not infringing on family practice doctors because it's like a massage therapist you know anyone could use a massage and anyone could use a, a good adjusting of their spine and the, so it's the same concept for alternative therapies they they don't try to stop them per se, but they don't promote them either because there's no money in it for them. So 
they disallow them to exist, uh, but they're they're never going to be the main thing because there's no money in it. There's no money in natural. There's no money in natural therapies and natural cures for things because the the thing you need to do for natural cures, most of the things you need to do are free. You and need, they're f- but they're fucking hard because it's changing your habits. <laughs> right. And the sad part about the American way is that we don't want to change. Everything has been made way too convenient for us. So changing is like, you want me to what? What? What do you mean you can't you, just fix this? But I need to drink 20 Diet Cokes a day, smoke uh, three packs of Pall Malls a day. Yeah, and all I want to eat is fucking you ice know. cream and cookies and fucking deep fried goodness. And McDonald's, I don't want to eat vegetables. I don't want to eat all this stuff. I don't want to do these things. I don't want to exercise. You know how I know that? Because I'm fucking doing it and it sucks. It fucking sucks. Especially when you have a family. It sucks. It fucking sucks. It does. But most of the things that are required of people to heal themselves are free and they're cheap. But they're hard. And there's no money in it. There's. Uh, imagine if you go to the doctor... You have diabetes. Uh, well, you can. You're gonna get prescribed statin drugs. Type two diabetes. Not type, talking type about. Two, he's not talking two. about type one. Yeah. So they're gonna prescribe you these drugs, which is great for them, you know. And your your cholesterol, whatever, it's gonna go down. Whatever the thing is for. But that's um, like putting a tourniquet on a cut. It, it's not the cut. It will stop the bleeding, but. You're not... You're never going to be able to take the tourniquet <laughs> off. Yeah, you're not going to be able to use your leg after a while because you fucking just cut all the circulation off. You're... What they're doing is not fixing the root cause of the problem. They're they're just keeping you in the system for profit. Right. They're basically... What you need to do for type 2 diabetes is start eating better, exercising, doing all the right things. The, the reason they're prescribing you the drugs is so you can continue on your shitty way of life. Right. Because people don't want to change. Yeah. I've seen it time and time. I've I've worked in hospitals and nursing homes. I've seen it millions of times. I've even heard through the walls while I'm in my own appointments, listening to the doctors. Some doctors have said this. You should lose weight and you should exercise. And they argue about it. They argue with the doctor because it's like they don't want to. Well, then here you go. Here's your fucking insulin. Go eat a cheeseburger and have a nice day because I'm not your mother. You know, but then you wonder why all these bad things are happening to you. I've been in this boat. I, I am in this boat. I'm guilty of doing the same shit. I smoked for fucking 15 years. What did I think was going to happen? You know? Like, I, I it's not that I deserve this. There are people definitely who are much more unhealthy than I am. However, I didn't take care of myself. I was cocky about it just like everybody else was. But now I'm in this boat and I'm trying to help you out. Fucking just do the right thing. It's hard. It sucks. Get over it. Move on with life. Well, not only that, but th- there's no money in in that for a doctor. It, imagine no, if you go not. to uh, the doctor and the doctor says, "Well, um, you know, all they they just give you a piece of paper, and on that piece of paper it says, go outside, exercise for thirty minutes. Uh, you can no longer eat processed food anymore. Yeah, you cannot, you can't drink soda ever again. Um, sugar, just forget about that." Uh, if, and if you did those things, you're, you're most likely going to get better and your body is going to get better. Everything's going to get better, but they can't do that because that's not, how is that benefiting the hospital? There's no money in that. 
there's no drugs being uh, doled out by the pharmacy. So that that's not what they're going to do. The the our medical system is built on drugs. The answer is drugs, nothing else. The answer isn't um you know, you're morbidly obese and you have a whole bunch of chronic health issues and virtually all of these chronic health issues stem from the fact that you're chronically obese and you can take a bunch of drugs to minimize your symptoms from all your chronic illnesses. But what you really need to do is lose weight and eat right and exercise. If you do those things, all of your fucking illnesses are going to go away because your body is going to become healthy, you know? So that's why the doctors don't do any of that. And there's no, they're never going to. And it took, what it took for us was the fact of Tony getting cancer and dealing with the medical system. And now we've figured out that even the best, uh, you know, we're, we're here in Minnesota. Well, we don't live in Minnesota, but we're close enough to where we can go to the Mayo Hospital, which the Mayo Hospital is like the best hospital in the world, supposedly. And even there, they don't know what the hell they're doing. All they know is what they've been taught. And they're, all their answers are chemoradiation surgery. And if we would have just listened to what they said, um, Tony would have had her whole half her body cut cut off and she would be just in utter misery if we would have listened to their advice. Thankfully, we did not listen to their advice and we went another way and that uh, we've we figured out that we can't rely on what the doctors say because all they all they know is what they've been taught and they they haven't been taught to critically think about going outside of the system or thinking about what's up with each patient there we're just numbers on a screen um that don't matter we're just statistics really and um and you can tell when you read the the medical journals you know you're not a human you're patient x you're um you're whoever your host host x has um this type of cancer uh, we gave them this, didn't work, they're dead, you know, who cares? Uh, but, but then you, you juxtapose that with the alternative medicine doctors. Uh, so Tony started seeing this, um, what would you call her? Like a holistic health person. Mm -hmm. And the first thing this lady does is take into account your complete lifestyle, not just your, your body, but your mind, your spirituality, your diet, your everything that you, that makes you, you, she figures that out. And then she goes through a, a long process of trying to help you based on all kinds of different factors, which that's the way you should be treated. And that's the way it should work for all doctor type situations but it doesn't work that way unless you go to alternative holistic health doctors. right like when i went in for this they didn't ask me shit about myself they didn't ask me what i did uh they didn't ask me you know what i thought they asked me literally nothing they just showed me the scans this is what you have 
That's here's it. Here's, some chemo. Here's, here's what we're going to do. Then they asked me what I wanted to do, you know, and at the time, it, I was I was terrified. You know, I had never, obviously, at that point, had had cancer before. I didn't expect that to be the news at my age. Um, and so I went along with it. And I was like, this, they didn't, they didn't know me. Um, I, I always used to think, you know, when I was younger and before that, if I ever got cancer, I would handle it my way, which is to do it as naturally as possible and whatever. Well, I reacted on fear and I went along with it. And I'm not going to say that I regret the decisions that I made because it, you know, got me through everything fine. And I learned definite lessons here. Um, but it was very different from with my holistic doctor, for sure. Like, she actually wanted to get to know me, and that's what I needed. I needed someone to go, okay, at least make me feel as if they gave a shit and were trying to help me figure it out, because I want to know why. I don't want to treat the whatever so I can keep on living the wrong way. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. You know, I yeah, know... I don't, yeah, I've got cancer. Cut it out. Well, but why? why did I get cancer? What did it... From what? Like, yep. how can I... Cause how, it, how is how can I keep it gone if I don't know what caused it to start? Yeah, so here, you know? here's a, a thing that always pissed me off. Why don't oncologists take into account the patient's diet and situational factors when coming up with a treatment plan? Th- throughout this whole process, they never um, had Tony um, write down, like, keep a food journal. They never had her do shit. They, they're like, uh, well, it, none of that matters because, um, as far as the journals are concerned, they don't know anything about it. They don't know. Uh, so it don't matter. Like, uh, th- that's just doesn't make any sense. I mean, for all they know, she, Tony could be eating a Big Mac every single day, smoking three packs of cigarettes a day and drinking a fifth of whiskey every single day. Uh, the, uh, but how would they know? They, they don't even care. All they know is, oh, you've got this sort of cancer, um, according to the medical journals. And the medical journals are only medical journals because they choose to do studies uh, based on whatever they want to do studies on. They don't only do studies on chemo and, and radiation. I mean, there's very few studies that are of uh, natural therapies that don't fuck you up because... Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know why the exact reason is, but they, they just don't want to hear it. They don't want to, the, the second you bring up a non-approved alternative therapy, uh, you know, watch how fast your doctor suddenly gets hostile. Uh, one day we were in, in the radiation place and I asked the doctor if there was any way we could figure out what Tony's vitamin D levels were. And he pretty much was like confused like why I would even care about that and I said well uh, as far as I know if no one who has ever had cancer had cancer and a high amount of vitamin D um, ratio in their body so if she's got a lot of vitamin D so she shouldn't have cancer so is there a test that we could do for vitamin D and their answers are almost always the same oh well I'm a radiation oncologist, so I I only know about radiation. Like, okay, well, have you ever heard of the sun? Uh, if you go outside, it's this big, giant, round thing in the sky. From there, um, there's this shit called vitamin D. 
Um, it's free. It goes right into your skin. You don't even have to pay. It's amazing. Have you heard of it? it you know, they don't even... It's like they're living in a fucking bizarro world, you know? And I don't know. It, it's bullshit. It's... Um, I'm not sure what to say about it, but it it's obvious that there's no research being done or no, no will to want to do any research into alternative therapies or or any sort of therapies that are um not going to fuck you up they're they're only interested in therapies that are chemo radiation or surgery because those are the most expensive and they're they're the things that will keep you coming back to the hospital you well and just think about this for a second too so i've looked into quite a few trials um i went to chicago once to um inquire about a couple um and almost almost no trial will allow a cancer patient to be admitted until they've had this very specific type of chemo um which is dumb because not every cancer has a chemo that is compatible first of all um but regardless doesn't matter. They don't take that into account. You have have to have the specific kind of chemo first, and you have to be on it for so long. That is, they're forcing you to do it to try a thing that doesn't require chemo. The trial, anyway, doesn't require chemo. You know what I mean? Like as part of its protocol. Right. But before you can do it, you have to do this chemo. So they're forcing people into doing chemo, even if they don't want to, if they want this other trial for, say, immunotherapy or whatever. A lot of trials are like that. There are weird stipulations like that that you have to do this harsh bullshit first before they'll allow you to be a part of this trial, which all trials have a placebo group. You might not even get anything. Yeah, you could be the placebo <laughs> control uh, right? where you're getting nothing. Where you're getting literally nothing. Or you could be like my other sarcoma friend who was my age with a 13-year-old daughter who passed away. She passed away from the trial that she did. But that's part of that. It is a trial. They don't know what they're doing, per se. They need to try it on humans, and that's part of the risk we take. But to even get there, to either get nothing, to potentially die, etc., we have to do this chemo first, which they're corralling and forcing you into. That's literally what everything in our government is all about at this point in life. It's, we're guinea pigs for everything. Everything we do, we're guinea pigs. So I don't know why anybody thinks any differently, you know? The medical system is just a small version of what the entire government is doing at all times. Yeah, we're the lab rats, and they're just got a big microscope. <laughs> and, uh, you know... Everything we do, everything we say, everything we try to do, it's all part of something stupid. And it's annoying. Yeah, it blows. What a bunch of bullshit. Um, but yeah, that's basically uh, it as far as uh, what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, hopefully, if anyone, um, if there's anyone out there who has cancer, if you have any sort of cancer, or you have uh, chronic GI problems like uh what are those other ones like uh, uh, crohn's disease or crohn's there's limes limes, limes isn't um a gi thing but they, they think that there's a potential link to lyme disease and cancer which i've had lyme disease too um and same with um epstein-barr virus which is basically mono i've had that as well 
Um, they think that that could lead to cancer as well because it never really supposedly leaves your system like it's dead in your system. But uh, I think they think like that either it goes undiagnosed or even if it's treated, it's either still alive or even if it's dead, it'll build up, you know, just like dead cancer cells. Even dead cancer cells can build up and reignite living cancer again. Um, so they kind of think that. So there's a bunch of different things. So if you have any of those things or whatever, try the fenbendazole or um, just reach out to us, you know, or if you've already done the fenbendazole, let's hear your experience with it. Did it work for you? Did it not work for you? Um, what was your protocol with it? Did you do it just like Joe Tippins did? Did you do your own regimen with it? Were you taking any supplements with it? Let's hear your story. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, we are extremely open. Do you, are you, are here's, here's the thing. We went into this whole thing with cancer with no knowledge, no help, no support, uh, very minimal support. And now we're at a level of, we have learned many things and we've learned them all the hard way uh, through many hours of mental pain. But um, here's where it gets good. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this now and you have cancer and you um, are scared and you don't know what to do and you need someone who has been through it or um, maybe can give you some advice or just listen to your story, um, feel free are. to email us. dtdimension at protonmail.com is our email address. We will answer any questions, help you in any way. We'll show you what we've done, how we've done it, and any any way we can to help anyone because the, the medical system is not out there to help you. It's fucked. They're not going to help you and all they're gonna do most likely is cause you to be under a extreme amount of stress. But you don't have to be stressed because the ultimate outcome most likely is already in play and all you have to do is just follow the signs and get to where you gotta get um, and maybe if you're listening to this now that means you're on the right path because um, it's pretty obscure that you got if you got here you are seeking out the information and you're trying to figure it out we're not big pharma we're not we're nobody we're just like you uh, we bought finbindas all at the fucking store just like anyone else so we have no maids we have no butlers we have no nothing uh, all we want is everyone to live and we actually care uh, about people and we don't um, I, you know have no issue uh, answering any questions or uh, being a support in any way so um, and you guys will be kept on my journey to see how it's going with me I have a scan to see if anything's working um, as far uh, as the Femendazole goes. It's only been four weeks, which I know a lot of times it's like three months or whatever. Um, but just to see if anything's happening on October 15th. I don't get results till the 19th. So um, at some point, I will keep you guys updated on my journey with it um, on our next episode or next couple, whatever, whatever that lines up to being. Um, but yeah, so you'll get to hear firsthand how uh, how and if uh, it's working for me. Um, like I said, I feel good. Um, I can definitely tell like my tumors are still there. Um, but like I said, most most cases it took anywhere between four weeks and uh, roughly three months to um, 
do significant anything. Um, so I'm not discouraged at this point. I, like I said, I feel really good each day. I have a good, I'm in a good headspace too, which is kind of weird. Um, like, hold I, on. Uh, just so everyone knows, I find it weird when people say they're in a weird, in a good headspace. It's, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird turn of phrase. Okay, go ahead and continue. It is not weird. <laughs> that is not weird. Why is I that think weird? It's weird? Why? Because you're thinking of your little head, little head space. What? No, I don't know. It's pervert? just weird. Like, what does it mean? Head space. Like, what does that mean? My head space. My head like is inside you your know, head. Yeah, like, inside your the brain. space inside my head is. I'm in a good space mentally. I've got a good um, compartmentalized area of whatever pertaining to cancer. That's good. Okay, that makes more sense. You know? Head space. Yes. So I'm in a good head space right now. Like, I just have a really weird sense of well-being. Um, I'm not really sure why I just do. Um, cause obviously when I found out it was like my world was crashing and burning all over again and then started the fembenazole it's like, I can't really think negatively because I just feel so good. Um, maybe that would change if I, if I didn't feel good, but I, yeah, I don't know. I just feel mentally, I feel good. So anyway, you'll be in the know. When I know things. And yeah, like Derek said, if you have any uh, notion to reach out, if you need advice, if you need to just talk, you need someone to listen, you need someone to understand, you have cancer, you have issues, whatever, DT Dimension at protonmail.com. Our website is doublethoughtdimension.com. Uh, you can find um, the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts. I mean, any place where you listen to podcasts, you can find our podcast. Um, also, I wanted to say this. Finbendazole most likely is going to be censored, the word. They're most likely going to somehow try to discredit Finbendazole and make it seem like anyone who takes Finbendazole is nuts because it's a canine dewormer. Just like, just like with ivermectin and COVID. They're going to demonize. Ivermectin is just a horse dewormer. Right. It's so it's in the same family, essentially, as fenbendazole and mubendazole right, and right. whatever. That's what I mean. They're, they're... It's in the same category, and it does the same thing, you know, for just a different... Yeah, uh, so that's why I wanted to do this episode, because I'm I'm not scared. I don't give a shit. Uh, go ahead and censor, or try. You can try. But, you know, fuck you, basically. Um Anyone who needs to know or wants to find out about finbendazole or what they should do or what they, what we've done, um, just, you know, reach out to us or that's why I did this episode. So yeah, again, double DT dimension at protonmail.com. All of this information will be in the show notes. And, uh, if you are suffering out there, uh, you're not alone. Uh, we're here too. Uh, not suffering quite as bad right now, but um, you never know what might happen. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and I hope that your day is going good. And uh, yeah, until next time, I'm Derek. And Tony. All right, take it easy. <laughs>